so we're Presbyterian, so yes, we have to listen to God's word, and, and that was facetious the first time. Uh, that was sarcastic. Um, I want to uh, just, as we enter into Lent, it's about two weeks away. We're just preparing our journey for the journey of this our hearts for worship. Uh, just as an as announcement, Ash Wednesday, we will be having a prayer meeting time, not a worship service. So one of us in the morning will go to like the AM and one of us in the evening. So people can come, literature to read and meditate. And after prayer, whenever you're ready, we'll be the ashes, the cross uh, in ashes. You can stay and pray or you could go on your way. So we want to in a very meaningful way that way. So that's only two weeks away. So uh, Elvin, Charles, and I were saying, oh, Christmas is over, yes. Oh, Easter's right around the corner. <laughs> anyway, it's not about us. Um, so we are, today, um, we're talking about the rich young man. And we come to realize the gospel of Jesus Christ Jesus Christ I came to know faith in I did it. I am special. Do you have a college degree? Are you a job at an officer at a corporation? And they say, yes. Every generation, this very for my life's existence. Because our society says, You bought a house. You're special because you bought a house. You're special because you got your own. What it does is, it makes us say, Justify my existence. I want to tell you, I struggle with that. We project that to God, and we must love me because I am so hardworking. Or God must love me because now I got to figure it out. I was messed up. The right path. I'm going to church. God must love me. Oh, I'm so glad I'm right with you. Conversely, messing up or living rebellious, we remove ourselves from this system to say, I don't want to believe it, I don't want to deal with it, because deep inside we feel that down. The is so hard because we are so works-oriented. And I think a lot of us still struggle with that. So, that 
that can't be more pronounced in today's text. This rich young man comes to Jesus and says, young man, dignified, wealthy, and says, Jesus, I don't care what people think of me. What must I do to be happy? He's obviously but money, we could all say it here, does money give you true joy? If, if, no, just say it. You guys are like, does it? <laughs> so, so he comes, and a lot of us, you know, like this rich young man, he comes because, listen to his question. It's built in, isn't it? What must I, what? Do. Jesus says, <laughs> Sorry. Oh, okay. So Jesus says, we're thinking like, there is no one, we could be perfect, we could have no criminal record, but when there is no one good. Right there, he's slivery, slicing. Your justification—it's not because you're good. No one is good. No one is good except God. Can you all say something? Turn to someone next to you and say, "We're not as good as we think we are." Can you say that? Just, just humor me. We're not as good, and it's not because you're stealing from the piggy bank. good people and, you know, we're getting there, but we're recognizing you can't accept the gospel unless we recognize we're not good people. Pastor Jason, you don't know the work that I do. Well, let me get to that a little bit. So no one is good except God alone. And Jesus is actually doing two things here. One, he's saying no one's good. And two, this religious side of this rich man and he gives him what he wants. You know the Ten Commandments? Don't murder. Don't, don't steal. Don't give false testimony. Don't get caught. Which is covetousness. And honor your mother and father. since I was a boy. I've done that. And he's being honest with one thing. He still won't feel right. By the way, is it easy to keep these things? Maybe for 10 seconds. You know, don't lie, don't murder. Don't kill anybody. My hands are clean. 
as something in the Sermon on the Mount. If you hated somebody, it's equivalent to murder. I made that with my wife. Lustfully, you've committed adultery in your heart. This young man, typical man, I don't know how he could say this to me, but I detest those since I was a boy. Well, anyway, so Jesus goes on, and Jesus doesn't, he's like, I know everything about you. In like 10 messes me up. Verse 21. Jesus looked at him. Doesn't condemn him. Doesn't criticize him. Doesn't judge him. have treasure in heaven, then come. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, I've been listening. I'm not falling asleep, Pastor Jason. That is religion. Sell everything, give to the poor, and follow the teacher. Hello, is that not religion? Go do something. Go to church. You're thinking that that is a great question. And it looks like Jesus is throwing religion at him. It's like saying to your son, stop being selfish and greedy and start going to church. Right? So what is going on here? If you look at Jesus' questions to this man's dialogue, something incredible. When he on don't steal, don't murder, don't lie, don't cheat. He leaves out how many commandments are there in, in our Bible? There are ten. How many of you just list to this young man? Six. And the young man might have thought you Which ones did Jesus leave out? The first four. You know what the first four commandments is? It has nothing to do with your neighbors. The six that he listed has to do with how we treat each other. The first four had to do with God. You shall have no other gods. Don't make any idols. Which means don't create God in your own image. Do not use the Lord's name in vain and honor the Sabbath. And Jesus leave that out because he forgot. What was this rich young man God? What was his justification? What was his meaning and worth in life at this time? It was money. It was money. That was his savior. No wonder why when he looks at eternity and money is his savior, he says, this is not going to bring me eternal joy. I need to go to Jesus. You see, Jesus is not giving him religion. He's saying, you need to repent of something. You know what repent means? Give your 
security, what you trust in, your self-justification, your credit, your joy, your validation, give it all up and follow me. Let me be that justification. How many of you saw that movie, Chariots of Fire? There were two characters in there, total polar opposites. One was Harold. And he says this phenomenal line. When that gun goes off, I have 10 seconds to justify my existence. It means well for like this Olympian, but it's sad eternally because all my life exists for these 10 seconds, that gold medal. That is why I live. Eric Little said something totally different. He ran the Olympics as well. He said, when I run, I feel the pleasure of hell. What was his justification? See, Jesus is pointing out to the rich young man that he's pointing out to us. We all have a God that we trust in. It's our children. In this culture, we think our salvation, our redemption, our worth, our value is because if our kids are well, then we're, we're validated. For some of us, it's money. Got to make more money. Got to make more money. Then we keep up the Joneses. For some of us, this is title. Both in the church and outside the church. That's my security. That's who I am. That's what gives me joy. That's what makes me validated. And Jesus is saying, small. Jesus is saying no. Not because he hates rich people. Part of this young man says do you turn from your securities and would you follow me? So teacher so it says at this, verse 22 the man's faith fell. He ran away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples how hard is it for the now, just for the rest percent in this world in income whether you get social security or you work at Starbucks average income is like 20 cents a day in some countries we're rich so it's not he's you have a retirement fund. He's bashing something else, isn't it? Poor people are not safe because they're poor. <laughs> Sometimes I, then I always feel very secure. I was like, honey, we're going to heaven for sure. What is Jesus pointing at? For this man, when rich money and, and it's accessible, it is so easy to turn away from God, to turn and trust in yourself. And you're like, whoa, that's a great thought. Who said that? Jesus Christ. What does Jesus say? You cannot serve two masters. You will hate the one and love the other. And Jesus says, you cannot serve both God and man and money. So what is this point? We always have a chance to give our name. By the way, for some reason, you know there's a justification process that you are relying on something that you're not. When your safety and security is challenged or threatened, you You know how? With humility, love, grace. 
This is why Jesus said, you could turn the other cheek. The way Christians live in, in light of this is that we come to this understanding that we don't follow a religion. We follow just question. Really, don't answer it, but just go home and really let it bother you. I want it, today, I want you to go home and let this bother you. Before God, and he says to you, why should I let you paradise. What is your sorry. Because I've been serving you and I'm a good person. This is verse 27. With man, this is what? Impossible. In other words, with man, Let me in with man. Well, I spent fifty thousand dollars this year drilling wells for butter. With man, thank you for that. Your eternal value, your justification before a holy God, is not valuable to you. With man, this is impossible. I love you. God done that you and I could not do to justify ourselves. You all know the verse, and this is a huge nugget. John 3, 16. What has God made possible that was impossible for us to do? For God what? So loved the world. Jesus looked at this young man and loved him. That he gave what? He gave his son. And whoever believes in him, not whoever is does good deeds, but whoever simply believes in him and says, I am unworthy, I could have done nothing to trust you, will not perish, but have the very thing that this rich young man was looking for, eternal life. I want to say this. I want people to say of me, he was not good, but he was redeemed because he counted his trust in Jesus. I don't want people to say, well, when he sent the church card, that doesn't justify him. Well, he was good at being a dad. That's great, but that doesn't justify me. That's great. Say those things, but I want to go before God and say, I was not good. All my good deeds were like filthy rags before you, God. And you were good. You gave me your son. I could do nothing else but to just believe in you. You know what we call that? You know what people take a deep breath and say? Grace. You mean I can't do anything to earn God's love? You can't do anything more or less simply receive his love for you and what he sent on the cross to pay the price that you could not pay.
One more time. Grace. Dear Lord, maybe there's others like me who've been in the church and never really just hit us hard. We've been fighting and defending our own justification of worth and working hard that'll make me love you or feel validated in existence for this world. There is nothing we realize that we can do to make us worthy before you. You, God, made it possible by sending your son. That is, it's too easy for us to grasp that all we have to do is just trust in you to really make, turn away from my securities and to repent and just turn to you. And Lord, at this time, maybe for the first time in this story, in these whole times in their life, we... May I be released from that and take the promise that you would love and move forward to where I am and that you would pay to just simply receive your grace. To hear you just say, Jesus, there is nothing I could do, but you've done it for us. And you're the God of Father. Take our sins. May that be the prayer. Jesus, our Redeemer.